Anyhow, this is Pastor Latayinola, officially known as Pastor Tan. I want to let you know, quite honestly, that we are in the month of March, and it has been a blessing that God has been able to let us be able to be alive during this period, this time, and this season. Amen. I also want to let you know that God is still on the throne. So I'm telling you, this is some things that God has been giving me to the body of Christ so that if it hits you, it's definitely hit me first. I'm going to just say it like I mean it. If it hits you, it's going to hit. It hits me also. But I just want to let you know that also too, be careful in this season because your words can either cut down, can strengthen uproot and also be able to be tainted let me say that one more time for the people in the back it can be uprooted it can strain it can taint it can also kill cut i mean deep so i wanted to let you know that this week god had impressed on me beware of the idols of march beware of the eyes of march okay and i wanted to also let you know that I wanted to let you know that also, too, that it is a time where we need to be honestly talking to God. I mean, honestly having a conversation. I mean, dialogue. I mean, honestly getting intimate with God. And since I have been able to give my time to God, he has been downloading some things in me and I wanted to give it to you. Now, I've given a little bit of my people that are on Facebook. Uh, where it says, beware of the eyes of March. You can see that underneath my L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A, or it is written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And God was telling me, especially when I was out playing with my, my dog, I mean, and we were talking about how the March winds, especially at that time, were blowing extensively. And while the March winds were blowing, come on now, God was in part taking into me, beware of the eyes of March because of how many times that we have had that Shakespearean, and I don't know how you grew up, but I knew that history, I mean, we had to learn Shakespeare, we had to learn a different, like, you know, just different things that was going on at the time. And it was talking about how the eyes of March came to be. And it was talking about mostly like the Shakespearean tale, but it got into more in depth. It became more and more of be careful also, and that will come out also. Be careful who you are friends with in this season. I mean, everybody's not going to be your friend. And that ties into this. But it also says God is letting the winds blow. Y'all don't hear me, though. Beware of the eyes of March, but God is letting the winds blow, okay? Now, the eyes of March, let me let you go back into it. It's talking about the originality of it is from pretty much, and I got this off of uh, Webster, uh, Wikipedia, and also at the same time, a little bit of what my history teacher uh, pretty much taught me. So shout out to my history teacher from Baumholder. And I wanted to let you know that the eyes of March, it was marked by several religious observations and notable in Rome as a deadline for settling debts. 
Okay, let me say that one more time. It was notable in Rome as a deadline for settling debts. In uh, 44 BC, it had became notorious for the date of the assassination of Julius Caesar, okay, which is a turning point in the Roman history. Now, Rome does not number each month of each day of the month, excuse me, from the first to the last day. Instead, they count back from three fixed points of the month, okay? Nomius, fifth or seventh, is the ninth day inclusive before the eyes. Eyes mean the 13th for most months, but the 15th in March, now May, July, and October. And also too, the eyes of March was by full moon reflecting the lunar origins of Roman calendar, okay? But honestly, it comes also too as being able to pretty much um, have each month uh, sacred to Jupiter, okay? The Roman supreme deity or their demigod, okay? And then at the same exact time, because of how, you know, Julius Caesar, was pretty much was the captivating moment for the eyes of March, which was the 15th of March. He was uh, stabbed to death by a meeting of the Senate and 60 conspirators led by Brutus and Cassius was involved, okay? And a seer warned him, come on now, warning before destruction, came to Caesar on the eyes of March on his way to the theater of Pompeii where he would be assassinated. Caesar passed the, you know, he passed them and joke. well, the eyes of March are come, applying that the prophecy has not been fulfilled. To which the, the seer replied, hey, they are come, but they are not gone. Okay, this is from uh, William Shakespeare uh, play, Julius Caesar. And from the time period at that time, a lot of people need to understand that the eyes of March for Julius Caesar was his ending, was his downfall, because he made some prominent people at that time very, very uncomfortable because he had the one that was his predecessor, he pretty much killed him. And for the ones that Brutus and Cassius, they wanted to have revenge. So they made sure. That when he came, they knew the location. They knew how he was going to be. Like they were, you know, opening up and, you know, they're going to be good to me. But let me tell you something. When they, when he, excuse me, let his guard down, that's when his vulnerability, that's when he started realizing that, wait a minute, this is going to come because of the prophecy that was supposed to be. Now. If you realize that at that time, God let a lot of things come to be in prophecy for Israel, for all of us. And even though this was before Christ, BC, this does not, let me say that one more time. It's a reflection of how God has been able to force forth foreshadow some of the things to come in our lives. Let me say that one more time for people that, wait a minute, Pat, what do you mean? When God tells you about people, when God reveals to you, 
and the Holy Spirit. And I love how the Holy Spirit in the Greek is pneuma. And it's talking about how the Holy Spirit comes in and he tells you right and wrong, but also he gives you strong discernment. Now, don't you know, because even though Julius Caesar did not, we're not serving God. Do you understand God gave us a time and a period to repent? Now, when he didn't do that, God gave him warning, even though, come on now, he wasn't serving God. He still gave him a warning. Doesn't that shadow foreshadow what's going on with us today? When some people don't want to serve God and do what God is say, thus says the Lord. Do you not see that he gave him a warning? I'm sorry, gave him a warning. I'm getting too hyped on this. Catch up. Please catch up. Y'all catch up. He gave him forewarning of what was going to happen. And Julius Caesar joked because he said, wait a minute. You know, this is the day it's supposed to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And when the seer said, hey, you know, they're here. It's present. They haven't gone yet. See, oh, come on now. Y'all got to understand something. That's foreshadowing how the things that God has already impressed into this world into what it's supposed to be. You may sit there and so many people laughed at Noah until the rain start dropping from the sky. Come on, y'all don't hear me though. Some people are laughing at the true men and women of God because they don't see how it is going to manifest, but God sits there and says, you know what? Hold this. Hold these truths to be self-evident. Come on now. That's part of what we know as our constitution. All these things we know as self-evident. All men are created equal, but also at the same time, under God. Y'all, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to tell you that the fabric of everything that we know of, we're the only, the only besides Israel, the only nation that was founded underneath God's principles. That means that we have came into a covenant with God. And I talk about this all the time, but I wanted to bring it back because so many people don't want to realize that, you know, we have so many different wins. And I, I was loving this, that the dictionary that a good friend gave me. And we were also going back in and it was talking about, and please get your Bible because this is juicy. And if you hear my Bible flipping through, it's because it, I, I cannot be able to let you know that this was something that God really wanted us to know and to realize that, hey, if you don't realize what's going on in this time in this season, you're going to miss it. You're going to not be able to realize that God is trying to tell you some things of concerning your future, concerning what you need to be doing for him and how you should be living for him. Amen. Now, I have Ephesians and I have it at the fourth chapter, the 14th verse. But let me go up 
scared because it is something that we need to be talking about. And it says in the 13th verse, let me go up to, it says, till we all come in the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. 14 verse, that we henceforth be no more children, come on now, tossing to and fro and carried about with every wind. Now wind is anamu in the Greek. Anamu. In the Greek, wind and every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Do you understand that what the Bible is saying, the anamu or the wind that they are describing, is the wind of every doctrine or every idol or every way some men can be able to produce whether it's their ancestors whether it is from a distant country whether it is something that you are familiar with or you're trying to get comfortable with let me say that one more time for the people in the back so many people want to sit here and say my ancestors but do you understand that when you depend on your ancestors and not depending on the word of God and what God has taught you. Yes, I am so very blessed to have my big mama and big daddy to learn of God. But do I depend on everything that they said? No. But what I've learned is that what she and he has taught me about God has made me even more invested. Because I saw what they were struggling with and how they were praying and asking God to get them out of those things. See, I don't rely and depend on someone or something to get me by. But I rely on, first, I rely on God. I rely on Jesus' son. Because he was able to reconcile and recompense for us. Reconcile means for us to come back together and be able through the way that he was able to be killed and oh my god he was able to be killed and bring us back to god he gave his life so that we as a second adam not the first adam because he was able to bring sin into the world but jesus which was a man and he was god formed out of the womb of his mother, he still was God and walking on the face of this earth. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. He wasn't just a prophet. He was someone that has been able to mark and be able to bring us back to God. He was able to correct things such as even the time period to bring us back to number one. Do you understand what I'm saying? That every time, do you understand before AD, we were going backwards and not forwards. 
And when Jesus came on the scene, he was able to clean up all of the sin and give us back to God. But also at the same exact time, he was able to sit there and maneuver and give us back the timeline we are in. Y'all don't hear me though. See, people want to get rid of A.D. after his death and B.C. before Christ. So many people want to sit here and write him out of all of the things that God has been able to provide for us because of his son. See, it's not just and when I say people, I'm saying the ones that serve Satan. They don't want you to know who God is. They want you to keep having the norms of this world, the winds, the numa, excuse me, the anamu, to of this world of doctrines and be able to be seduced by them. They want you not to have the pure, unadulterated word of God. They want you, when I say they, I mean Satan and his whole entire doctrine of serving him because all of these demigods, all of them go right back to him. It doesn't go back to God. It doesn't go back to the Elohim, El Shaddai. It doesn't go back to El Rapha. It doesn't go back to Elohim. It doesn't go back to God. See, this is the thing is that Satan wants us to serve the Anamu, which is the winds of doctrine, instead of sitting there and serving the one true God that has given us Numa, which is the Holy Spirit, to know the difference between right and wrong, and to know when it is strong discernment. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Do not let him deceive you. Do not let him rock you to sleep. And I'm talking about figuratively. So many people have been rocked to sleep while they're in their prime, while they're sitting up here saying, I have time, while they're sitting up here saying, well, I got all this money. I can, I can reinvent another doctrine. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. See, so many of these celebrities want to sit here and, and God has given them and blessed them. But what do they do? They sit there and they turn their back on God and sit there and say, well, there's there's got to be another way to God. No, there's only one way. And it's only through his son can we get to him. That's it. It's no other way to get to God but through Jesus. And at the same exact time. Do you understand? It's so narrow. Oh my God. Y'all don't hear me. It's narrow to get to God. It ain't something that you sit there. He said narrow is the way. And also at the same exact time. Do you understand that we need to know his voice? We need to know Jesus' voice. We need to know who we are speaking to. And I thank God for leaving us the Numa, which is the Holy Spirit. So that we can be able to discern what is of God and what is of the devil. Stop sitting up here and seeing. You see the manufacturing of what Satan has been able to sit there and do. He has been able to put gospel artists, celebrities. He's been able to push so much social media, all these different things. And the television, I mean, even into the cartoons now. He wants to make it. As though Satan is so good and he's not. He is absolutely not. 
He is not of God. He is not of what God needs for us to be at this point in time. Now, as the Numa is going, a new man, a Numa, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, it becomes more and more prevalent that we need to understand and know that this is the reason why God left the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost with us in order for us to understand and discern what is right and what is wrong. Because you see so much going on and you see so many people are putting things out, so many symbolisms and so many different things. And it goes back to the deities. It goes back to some of the Romans and also Africa or all international but one thing in common with all these different things is that it's not God. It's mostly made up of what Satan is having us to be deceived by. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when they were talking about all these different deities and all these demigods, I couldn't help but think about Solomon. And so many people sit there and say, wait a minute, Pastor. What you... But Solomon had, he was of God, yes. But did you understand that during his latter times, he was serving so many demigods that God had to split up Israel and also having an Israel and Judah because of how Solomon had desecrated so many different things by putting all these different idols up and serving them because of what his wives were so, oh, you need to serve this one. You need to serve that one. You, we, we need to appease this one. And do you understand that every time that Solomon was appeasing and doing all these different things, do you understand that's kindling God against him and against his wives? So then God says, since you are not being able to do what I said do, and let's go to 1 Kings, because I'm letting, I'm trying to give you some evidence on this. This was juicy. 1 Kings, the 11th chapter in the 31st verse, King James Version. And he said to Jehoiakim, take thee 10 pieces, for thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, listen up, the Lord. The God of Israel, behold, I will render the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and give and will give 10 tribes to thee. Hold on, hold on. Say, let me say that one more time for people in the back. And he said to Jehoram, take thee 10 pieces. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will render the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and give. And will give, excuse me, 10 tribes to thee. 32nd verse. But he shall have one tribe for my servant, David's sake. That's his father. And for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. 33rd verse. Because that they have forsaken me and have worshipped and nostal the goddess of Zornites, Shomos, the god of Moabites, and Michal, the god of the children of Ammon, 
and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in my eyes and to keep my statutes and my judgment as did David his father. Come on now. 34, how be it, I will take the whole kingdom out of his hands, but I make him prince all the days of his life. For David, my servant's sake, whom I choose, because he kept my commandments and my statutes. Do you understand that because of how Solomon was and how these different demigods or how he was serving all of these different gods and giving them tribute and giving them this and that. And God said, no, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. So he only left him with one tribe because of who his dad and how his dad was, David, and how he was faithful to God no matter what. Y'all, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. See, we can sit here and say that so many people can sit here and say, well, God, that wasn't, yes, he was just, yes, he was, because God was sitting there in his infinite wisdom and he noted and knew what Solomon was doing. He given him time to repent. Now, since Solomon didn't repent, but kept doing what he was doing, do you understand all of the wealth, all of the wisdom, all of the knowledge, all of these things that he had acquired? Do you understand that it was taken away, was stripped away from him because he wasn't doing what God told him to do? He was serving other gods. And with that, he was able to sit there and do Ademu, which was the winds of doctrine, instead of staying with God and letting him know that every time you see somebody else doing this or see somebody else doing that, don't you know that doesn't mean that you need to be doing it? That doesn't mean that you have to be out here fornicating when you see somebody else fornicating. Yes, you can sit there. And you have associates, you have friends that are still out in the world. You can pray for them. You can sit there and say, you know what, God, I'm trying to intercede for them to not for them to be blessed, but to sit here, Lord, I'm asking you to give them time, Heavenly Father. And while you're giving them time, God, I'm asking you to knock on their heart, Lord. I'm asking you to go where they're going, Lord, so that they can understand and know and give them a light that can be able to illuminate that is of you so you can reach them. Let them know you love them, but also judgment is coming now. And I want to stay around my friend because I understand there are consequences to the actions that has been able to come forth. And then at the same time, do you understand that every time that you're giving them the word of God, that you're letting them know what's going on, do you understand that God is sitting up there and telling these, just for simply you being a part of their lives, they have been able to go through and come out of certain things unscathed because you've been praying for them. You've been sitting up there and you've been covering them. You've been sitting up here and doing what thus says the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm asking you, please, 
Lord, I'm asking you to be able to knock on their hearts. Change them from what they used to be up until. Give them a revelation. Let them know this is not the way that they should go. And I understand. God gives us free will. But at the same exact time, you don't want the ones you love. Friends, family, colleagues, whomever you have in your life. You don't want them to go down that road. You want them to do what God says to do. Because it's getting to that point now. You see so many celebrities. You see so many people that are serving the wrong God. And now a lot of them have come to be dead without having any type of repentance, any remorse or anything. And you can see a lot of these, for instance, rappers, some of them are almost 18, 20. I mean, younger than that, some of them going in and Satan has sipped them like wheat. And you start realizing that some of them have become sacrificial for their pleasure, for their joy, and for Satan's way of life. You don't understand. Let me let me tell you something. People are doing things so that they can be able to get ahead, and they're doing it so at the expense of their family members. They're doing this at the expense of their loved ones. They're doing this at, at the expense of people that they know and they trust. And then they, when they gain your trust, that's when they want to sit up here and make sure that you have been marked for something that you shouldn't be doing. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. That's why I say what I said is that so many times in the in the Old Testament, they would have a, a demigod, which is called Molech, and people would go and sacrifice their children to him and have where they have the, the belly of Molech was exposed and they would put the child in there and they would burn the child alive. Do you understand? That's what a lot of these people are doing out now. They want to attach to them, attach to you because they starting to see that you have been able to serve the true and living God, but they don't want to serve God. They want to mimic what you have, but at the same exact time, they don't want to serve God. They only serve him with his lips and not their hearts. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. They serve, they know God, they acknowledge God, but they don't want to. Come on now. They don't want to give God the glory and the praise and the honor in their life. They don't want to sacrifice themselves. I mean, figuratively now, the old man, what they used to do, what they used to be, how they used to dress, how they used to lie, how they used to fornicate, commit adultery, all these different things. They don't want to lose that because that's a part of them. They, they want to keep that because it's comfortable to them. No, in this time, in this season, you need to come out of the comfortableness. You need to come out of your sin. You need to come out of going into the way of destruction. You need to stop patty-caking with the enemy and expecting yourself to go to heaven. No, see, God is saying that we need to separate ourselves from that, and you need to cleave to him on this time. I want to be found in God and God alone. I don't want to stay down here. Do you understand? This is not something that we need to be sitting on. So many people negotiating 
their life. Because they're like, wait a minute, Satan gives me this, he gives me that, he gives me this. But do you understand? There are so many celebrities, so many people that sat there and said, I got this amount of money for my very own soul. And do you understand? Oh my God. It's a high price to pay. It is a high price to pay. When God is telling you, I am the way. In through Jesus, the truth and the life. Nobody, and I'm paraphrasing, nobody can come to the Father but through me. It is such a, a small thing that people may think, but I'm telling you, God, oh my God, thank you. Jesus, you you want to sit here. And I was I was like, Okay, God, I was like, no, while I was out in the elements, in the wind, and I was, it was whipping through it. I didn't have the right, I didn't have the right clothing on my, my, I was expecting it to be a little bit less windy. Come on now. I was expecting it to be a little bit more warmer because I see the sun out. But then at the same time, God had to realize and let me know that we need to stay in the full armor of God. We need to be able to know when it is time to pray, when it is time to fast, when we need to know to meditate, when we need to be able to discern, when we need to be able to understand that everybody is not your friend. Everybody is that is around you. Some things have to be, you need to have boundaries. I mean, healthy boundaries. You need to be able to cut off some things. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Because everybody, I'm telling you, Satan can have people that will try to kill what you got in you before you even get to your destination. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. I was listening to, I was listening to uh, a man of God and how he was eloquently saying that if you don't stop hanging around these people because you know they don't mean you any good when you are trying to do what's right for God. Do you understand what is already put into you? What already that has been sown and you have reaped it. Don't you know they will come in and they will sit there and purposely take it from you just because they know that you have a good heart. No, let me tell you something. Start protecting what God has for you. In this time, in this hour, stop going with every wind of doctrine, the, the animu, instead of sitting there and telling God and checking with God and letting him know, Lord, I'm asking you, please, Lord, to let me know through the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost or the Numa how this is going on. Let me be, God, do you need me to go to this university? Did you need me to be able to be in this place at this time? Because do you understand that every time that we are in some places, God has put angels in charge over you. And he has been able to stabilize you, not just stabilize you, but have you to grow and mature in a healthy way. And then all of a sudden, now you are linked with this person that is not of God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We need to know that every person that has been in your life, whether it is long-term or short-term, you need to know that is a wind also. 
Some of them bring prosperity. They bring help. They encourage you. They, they give you the motivation that you need. But also at the same exact time, and I was looking at it, I said, Lord, I thank you. It says also that the different winds bring different things. And I want to be able to go through that with you. And it says the winds, the eastern winds, oh my God, mention all, most of all the storms, excuse me, shipwrecks and growing things. And I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute, hold up. The eastern winds bring about storms, shipwrecks, growing and honestly able to grow things. And it says in Genesis, 41 chapter and also starting with the sixth verse and I love this because God knows what's going on 41st chapter and the sixth verse in the King James Version and behold seven thin ears and blasts with the east wind sprung up after them and then it says going down to the 23rd verse because I want you to be able to listen but you need to go back and read your word. And that, I will tell you, is the encouragement because this gets juicy. Now, going into the 23rd verse, let's go up to the 22nd chapter. And I saw in my dream and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. 23rd verse and behold, seven ears with, 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 uh, within thin and blast. With the eastern wind spun up after them, the 24th verse, and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the, uh, excuse me, unto the magicians, but they was none could declare it to me. 25th verse, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one God has shown Pharaoh. What he is about to do. Let, 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 let me, let me, let, let's go back. To he what he is about to do. Do you understand? God is heeding, giving him Pharaoh warning at this time. And it says the seven good kind are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. 27 chapter, 27 verse, excuse me. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blast with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. 28 verse, because I like, I give me a, let me, let me, let me, let me let you lay this out. The 20. Eighth verse, this is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showed unto Pharaoh. Come on now. See, that's the thing is that God will show even the enemies. At this time, it's Joseph was talking to Pharaoh and telling him about the famine coming in. And because of his ways of being able to interpret dreams, God was able to use Joseph to be able to elevate him in Pharaoh's kingdom. And at the same exact time, he was giving him warning after warning. Do you understand? Just like the, see, the seer was giving warning to 
Julius Caesar about what it is to come. Now, what transpired is that Pharaoh listened to Joseph and Joseph knew what he needed to do was to gather up all of the different grains for those famine times that they needed while it was plentiful. And he was able to separate some that were in and he was able to separate it. So while they were in plenty, God was letting them store it away, store it away until when famine came on the whole entire land. I'm going to tell you, you need to go back and read it. It is juicy. But if Joseph wasn't obedient to God and been in the right place at the right time, who y'all don't hear me though. And at the same exact time, do you understand that God had to be able to be in the whole entire, whole entire situation? Not for Joseph to get the edification, whew, but to have God to get all the glory and honor. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, Joseph could have sat there and said any other God, but Joseph said, no, I'm going to say with the one true Elohim El Shaddai, the one, only one true God. And he stayed with that. And he kept a whole lot. But y'all need to go back and read it, amen, because it is juicy. Now, let's go into, and you're like, man, Pastor, you're only giving us a little bit. Let me tell you something. When you get into this word of God, I'm giving you a little bit in order for you to just quench your thirst, just for you to go back and say, wait a minute, you know what? That pastor said, let's go to, you know, Genesis 41st chapter. Let me go back in and let me dig in it for myself because God might give you more and may give you more of what he has given me. And then also the same is that he might add on to it. You never know when you go into the depths of who God is. And because God is calling the deep deeper. He will give you a different revelation and then you can come back and tell me, hey, Pastor, I got that from that. Oh, I'll be like, oh, cool. All right. What did you get? Because then God will give it back. Come on, now we can do that. Because that's what the word of God is about. And able to know what God is saying so that God can give it to us. Even if he gives it to us to a different way, God still is speaking. God still is breathing. Ethnopaneo. He is still breathing on this word of God. So for us to be able to receive it, it's huge. And what you get out of this word and what God reveals to you and downloads to you may be different than what God downloads. You know what? As long as it goes with what God says to do, we, we cool. Don't, don't think of it at, oh, well, you know, God is just speaking. No, God will speak through anyone that is willing to listen and be faithful and then go and carry it out to the people. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God is faithful to the ones that are faithful to him, to the ones that are willing to listen to him and go the distance when he needs for them to go the distance. So don't sit up here and tell me. That God can't come in and talk to you because God comes and talks to me because I want to be faithful. I want to be one of those that he knows he can be able to trust and know that I'm going to do what he says do. Amen. 
Now, that Lord, I thank you. Now, let's go over here to Psalms 48. Now, you know, Psalms was, some of it, some of it was written by, you know, David. Some of it was written by some of his courts, and some of them were written by, you know, different psalmists. But in this particular situation, a psalmist for the sons of Corinth written this one. And it says that in Psalms 48 chapter, and we have the seventh verse, but I want to go up to the sixth verse first. And it's talking about fear took hold upon them there and pain as of a woman in travail. Okay. And it says the seventh verse, thou breakest the ships of Tarshish. Come on now. With an east wind. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Y'all, come on. Get with this. Let me, let's just go up to the first verse and then I'm going to come back down to the seventh verse because this is good. All right. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness. Amen. Second verse, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of the great king. Verse three, God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Say that one more time. Third verse, God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Fourth verse, for lo, the kings are assembled. They pass by together. Verse five, as they saw it and so they marveled. They were troubled and hastened away. Verse six, fear took upon them there and pain as of a woman in travail. Verse seven, Thou breakest the ships of Tarsus with an eastern east wind. Verse 8, as we have heard, so we have seen. In the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. Selah. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. When I tell you that God is so particular he was having so many things calculated that even the east winds with the shipwrecks of Tarshish do you understand oh my god do you understand that god when he prophesies when thus says the lord when god and jesus talk and speak Oh, my God. Realize it's going to come to pass. No matter what you say, no matter how you say it, God is the one and only God that can be able to speak and it shall be. Amen. Okay. All right. Now, while I was, before I was studying, to get this done, I was listening and I was doing some, you know, some studies and God had me to listen to how he had the Tower of Baal. All right. And this was supposed to be coming up as Babylon later. 
But when he said the Tower of Baal came from Babylon, and then he was saying how strategically he put into the words, into the Psalms, into the different books in the Bible of how there will be nobody to inhabit Babylon any longer or the Tower of Babel, but only hyenas and wildlife. Do you understand that when he said that, do you understand the archaeologist went back to that site and he went and he saw how the people were able to only build out of the mud they were in. And then at the same exact time, do you know, because Babylon was so great from Nebuchadnezzar II, do you understand that when God sat there, and I mean, it was huge for his heyday. And then at the same exact time, because of what they did, don't you know God sat there and said, I will not have no other inhabitants but the wildlife and the animals. And he went back and he saw that it was not fit for any human to live there. But at the same exact time, he saw where God was sitting there and he had fulfilled. Everything he said in his word, he saw all the animals. He even witnessed someone that was saying that he had to trap a coyote because he was messing with his chickens. And I was like, man, this is just what I'm just telling you. And it was the fact that God was sitting there and he was saying, uh-uh, you're, I'm not, no, I'm shutting this down because of how. My God. Mm. Do you understand that everything that God says will do, it will come to pass? And then at the same time, it's a foreshadowing. It is a foreshadowing of all the things that we I've been in the United States need to understand and heed because we have for asked for forgiveness from God. And do you understand that when they came, the Romans came and they were going to take Israel, they had them to starve first. They 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 cut off their, their water supply, their food supply, and people were killing their own children to eat and all these different things. This is a foreshadow of what as things to come, United States, you need to wake up, smell the coffee, know what's going on. And when you sit there and have a covenant with what is not supposed to be of God, but of Satan, do you understand the consequences to your action is going to be vital? So realize it, that you need to repent, 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 repent for the day of the Lord is coming. Do you understand? Because we have a covenant with God. God is in our constitution. God is in everything that we do and we say. We were founded on his principles. And if we have been able to sit there and realize as a nation, we have drifted off too far from God. Now you need to come back. Wake up and come back to God. Stop sitting up here and saying, well, I have time. I'm so young. No, you're not. Tomorrow is never promised to anyone. God already told you that. And then at the same exact time, do you understand your government, the government we have is crippling. Do you understand? 
Our food supply is going up. The amount of things going up. Do you understand that all these different things are going on? And I have yet to hear that we as a nation need to be sitting there and starting to pray and ask God to please forgive us. We are going through revivals. We are going through so many different, God is still speaking. God is letting people have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. God is letting the winds, come on now, his winds, his way of life, his way of all of the, he had all of these different things. And then at the same exact time, I love how God was sitting there. And as you can see, last week that God had an east wind come through and bring in so much destruction, bring in so much snow and chaos and rain and hail. But do you understand the reason why God did it in a peculiar way is to wake people up, to wake them up and realize this is God and God's alone. And this is God. You need to understand that God is trying to tell you. Repent. Stop doing these things. Stop going here and going there. Stop serving these idol gods. And once you start realizing that God is talking to you, yes, you, yes, me, all of us, that we need to come into his, under his way, under his, under his things, under his principles, under his rules and, and everything that God has said. It's going to come to pass. And I, I was listening to we, me and my husband and my children were going through Bible in the year. And my children would be like, don't, isn't Israel tired of being knocked down? Isn't Israel tired of, I mean, God gave them manna from heaven and gave them bread and gave them food and gave them this and that. But they still sin, they still rebel and then they still sit up there and they don't think that God will not punish them. And when God punished them, it was so severe that even they had to go into exile. And once they start crying and wailing and saying, God, we're going to go back. You, you do the same thing. You still go back to the same vomit you went, just came from. You still sit there and you, you look at him like, oh, I'm going to still go back to my sin. God is telling you all of these winds of doctrine, all of these things that's going on, all of the animal. Y'all. You better go sit down somewhere and figure out knowing that God is the one. I'm talking about the one from Isaiah, from Jeremiah, from Ezekiel, from Abraham. Oh, my God. From the beginning of Genesis to Revelations, he is that God. He's the one that wrote this. Don't sit here and tell me that you don't know. Because once you go before him. And you are rendered judgment. That's it. You ain't got no other place to go. You ain't got no. God is sitting up here and telling you. When you do what God says do. You will eat the good of the land. 
And then you sit there and you say, well, God, this person is prospering while they're out in the world. Do you understand that? Yes, he raised them the just as well as the unjust. But I'm telling you, this is the season where God is bringing up the wheat and the tares. And I was like, well, God, you know, it's so many people that don't realize that the winds. Oh, my God. The wind. We have people that, and I'll go back to it, the wind that came from the east, do you understand there has been meteorologists that's been tracking this for a long time? And do you understand that every time they testify, I say testify, but they were witnessing and telling people, you know, and then you have other meteorologists knocking them and saying, wait a minute, it might just be light rain. It just might be like snow. It might just be, oh, this is don't, you know, this never happens. This, this and this and this. But when it did happen, do you understand that the ones that were the true meteorologists knew the ramifications of what is going to happen and how it was going to happen and how vital human life was going to be taken? If they don't sit there and have the right resources, do you understand? God is telling you, come out from among them, be separated. But also he is like Elijah, go and shut yourself up in the caves and don't come out until I tell you to, because I want to make sure your life is already preserved so that I can still work and through you and you are still obedient and you still eat the good of the land. Y'all don't hear me though. See, so many people want to sit here and complain and say, what about this? You know, this, this whole entire season was like this or that, but you ain't even looking at the source. You're not even looking at the source and why it is happening. Why do you think this is going on? You're not looking at what's going on with the presidency or the White House. You're not looking at what is going on with the people in America. Why we have so many immigrants coming in. Why you have so many people lying and cussing and killing their own young and then killing their husbands or wives and their children. Do you understand that when so much sin is going on, people are so free will, they will do whatever they want to do. And that's causing calamity to other people. Do you understand that all of these different winds of doctrine is bringing this type of stuff? Do you understand that when they sit here and say homosexuality is a good way or a lifestyle that is good to you? No, that's absolutely going against what God has said. And I'm going to say it like I mean it. When God says, no, that's not what I say. This is abomination. Then you need to sit there and say, then God, I understand. Love the person. Yes. But also at the same exact time. Don't like what they're doing, but try your best to sit there and let them know what God says about it. Do not sit there and be so weak-minded, so double-minded, and all unstable in all your ways when you're talking to someone. Be able to understand, have a word in season and out of season. And when you don't have that word, do you go and you be honest with that person? I don't know that. Can you be able to give me time to go and seek in the word of God what I need to know about this? And I will get back to you. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me, though. Because all of these things that I'm telling you, 
It says in Psalms 49, and I love how God was doing this, the 15th verse, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. Y'all don't understand that God is telling you, this one I know is that all of us will go to the grave, all of us. But do you understand that your soul, your subconscious, has to be able to leave this body and is going into the eternal heaven with God or eternal hell or shallow with the enemy. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you are doing what thus says the Lord and God is sitting here and asking you, telling you, that if you sit there and accept him, repent of your sins, honestly repent and turn from your wicked ways. Do you understand that God will come in with Jesus and clean you up and give you the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, to be able to get connected to him and you to him and he to you? Your life will change. And I'm telling you in a good way. Do you understand? You've never seen, I've seen so many people that when they come to God, their whole entire outlook is so much more beautiful. Their whole entire life is not riddled with hurt or pain. It is not even riddled with, you know, uh, if they're a music artist, they're not sitting up here saying they're going to summon demons, but their life is pleasing God and, and giving God the glory and the honor. You have seen high people in societies that were demonic and they come to God and they say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to give it over to him. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. It, it's It's something so fulfilling about God. And yes, we do go through things and we don't stop. It ain't Satan don't like you and you already get, need to get used to that. And at the same time, you should like him. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You should not be liking him and he should not be liking you. You know that God gives you perfect peace, but who mind is stayed on him? But also the same exact time, Satan will try you because he knows that you are still in God's camp, but he still wants you back. He wants you to fall so that somebody else that seeing you do what God says do, you go through the trial, go through the fire, you go and you get elevated, but he wants to knock you down in order for you to be prayed on or prayed on and sacrifice to him. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You have people that will sit there and honest to goodness want to make sure that you are not doing what God says do so that you can be a weak link and that he can be able to come in and do his dirt, do his mess with you. Not so on today. Now I'm going to say it like I mean it. Let's go through the next one. And it says the northern winds. Oh my goodness. It's mentioning rain refreshment and also stormy weather now let's go into for the rain oh my goodness for the for for the rain and i love that that god refreshes us and he replenishes us and we can go to proverbs 25 
And I love this. This is something that we need to understand and know that God is sitting here and letting you know, please, with all due diligence, know that I am God. I There is no other one like him. None. I, I searched the whole world over and I found there is no one like him. And I'm going to say it like I mean it. Yes, that is, uh, that is a song, but it's so true. So true. Now it says Proverbs, the 25th chapter and the 23rd verse. The northern winds drive away rain. So do an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. 23rd verse. The north wind drive away rain. So do an angry countenance. A backbiting tongue. Do you understand that? Whew, I love how the north. And when they were talking about the north winds or north wind, that it come in and it combats a lot of different things and it drives away the rain. But it also at the same as that time, it drives away an angry countenance, an angry spirit, an angry feeling. And it goes and also a backbiting tongue. Do you understand that God comes in and he cleans all of that up? He gives you a better way of life. He gives you a new sense of, of feeling. Oh my goodness, y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. And I want to go to Stormy, which is also Ezekiel. First chapter and the fourth verse. And I want to sit there and I want to tell you that it's not always easy, trust me, to get from one point to another point if we don't ask God for guidance, if we don't sit there and see what God needs for us to do. The Holy Spirit, I thank you. We don't sit there and we can sit up there and I was looking at like the GPS. We can, you know, type that into our car or the wires here or whatever app you just to be able to keep you knowing where to go. But if we don't do what God says do, whew, if we don't listen to what God has for us and we let the wind of doctrine, come on now, that I'm not move. We listen to all of that winds of doctrine instead of listening to God, instead of letting the Holy Spirit, which is the Numa, guide us into what God needs for us to know. We're gonna be lost. And I like how Ezekiel, the first chapter and the fourth verse. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. A great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness about it and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. This is, this is about the visions of the four creatures. And then in the same exact time, let's go down to the fifth verse and I'm going to let y'all go back in this because I want you to be able to soak this up for yourself. 
Also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance, and they had the likeness of a man. Do you understand? God shows you things. And he was showing Ezekiel the priest what was going on in the heavens of heavens. When you trust God that much, when you let God come in, when, when you sit there and you become more and more apparent that this world is not your own, this is this is own right now. God is letting Satan be able to run rapid and rave. But when you are becoming in God, all the winds of doctrine, the omni move, won't sit there and affect you because you know the true living God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you let things cut you, when you let things bruise you, when you let things just come and take you to go one way and this way and you're swaying another way. And I would say that when I was out in the wind, it made me to go one way and left or right. And then it ultimately wanted me to just, I drove my, I wanted to walk in and run into the house. But God said, if my people, oh my God, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we want to turn through all of this and, and, and turn and twist. But God is sitting there and saying, if you would listen to him, stop what you're doing and pause and say, wait a minute. Is this of God? Is, is this what you need for me to do? I have so many questions, God. Can you give me time to keep answer them for me? Or, or I, I have a child that's going into college. Can you be able to direct me into how to be able to do this? My finances are lacking. So God, can you be able to help me to go? Can you be able to, I'm getting married, God. So can you be able to help me learn how to be able to be a good wife or a good husband? Come on now. Come on. With this music, God, is this edifying you or is this edifying Satan? Is, is, is this type of clothing that I have on, is this edifying you or is this edifying Satan? Is the way that I'm speaking or talking or stressing some things, God, is that of you or is that of not of you? Ooh, come on. God makes it so simple. He is that simple. He is not complicated. Let me see that one more time for the people in the back. God is not complicated. We make him complicated. We make it seem like God ain't talking. Like God ain't listening. Like, like he ain't saying not one word. Y'all, y'all, uh-uh. We tripping. Let me say that one more time. We are sitting up here and doing things that God said not to do. And then y'all want to sit here. And say, well, God said, no, no, you better make sure that's what God said. Let me say it one more time for people that thank you, Holy Spirit. You better make sure that God 
said it. So that you can give it to the people. You need to make sure you're living the way that God wants us to live. You better make sure that when you sit here and you get on these platforms and you sit there and you say, this is what the word of God says, and then you give it the way that God has shown it to you, you better make sure. Because that life, that soul that is listening to you, you are going to be accountable because guess what? You're giving God's word. You're breathing the breath of life into that person. Whether they know it or not, they are seeing the example you've given them in where God has instructed through you to do what he says do. Let me tell you one time for the people in the back. You are the ambassador to what God needs for you to do. Now, if you move the way that God says to move, you ain't got no problems. But when you ain't moving the way that God says not to move, uh-uh, you got problems. That's simply put. Now, the South Winds mentioned its gentleness. And it's Job 37 and 17. I hope I am making a statement that when we move, we need to move with God. We need to be in balance with God. We need to know what God is saying because God can take us into the heavens of heavens in order for us to jot that down, write it down, make it plain so that the people of God know what's going on. That's exactly what Ezekiel did. That's exactly what we need to be doing. That's what John the pa- John of Patmos did. That's what so many different people that walk with Jesus did in order for us to know who God is, how Jesus was, and how the Holy Spirit is willing within us has to be able to rectify and do what God says do. Now, ahora, we better know what God's saying in this time, this season. Amen? Now, going back to Job 37 and the 17th verse, it says, that let me go up to the 16th verse. Do thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge? 17. How thine garments are worn when he quieteth the earth by the south winds. Let me say that one more time. See, God is talking to Job, and uh, God is giving him the hand down. Okay, he, he's he did below down, he letting them know, he, he's letting them know. All right. And then in the same exact time, let's go up to a little bit of 37 and 9. Out of the south cometh the whirlwinds and the cold out of the north. Verse 10, by the breath of God, froze is given, frost is given, excuse me, and the breath of the waters is strengthened. Ooh, y'all don't. Mm. Say that one more time for people that. Verse 9, out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. Verse 10, by the breath of God, frozen is given, frost is given, excuse me, and the breath of the waters is strengthened. Y'all, y'all don't, y'all don't, mm. and then let's go down. And what does that mean, Pastor? Out of all that God has set up, this is what God is doing now. South whirlwind and the cold out of the north. Come on now, north wind. But also it says the breath of God is not penal. Frost is given. Frost is given. 
What we just saw last week, by the breath of God, frost is given, and the breath of the waters is strengthened. Y'all don't, y'all don't, okay? That's just me. Catch up. I'm just saying, he 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 did it all. He he's done it all and did it all. And then it says in the 12th verse, and it is turned around by his counsels that they may be do whatsoever he commanded them upon the face of the world in the earth. 13th verse, he calls it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for his mercy. 14th verse, hearken unto this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Doeth thou know when God disposes them and cause the light of his clouds to shine? 16th verse, doeth thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, which is perfect in knowledge? How, 17th verse, how thy garments are worn when he quieteth the earth by the sound wind, by the south wind. Y'all don't hear me though. God is telling Job, look, you, how do you, do you understand what I'm doing, where I'm going? See, God sat there and said, do you know what I do? What, do you understand? How do you say war? How do you do this and that? It's only by my grace and mercy do you say war. It's only, and Job got dragged. I mean, he got really, like, to the face. And then God just put him to the pavement and said, vroom. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, what do you mean? When I say vroom, he just spat on him. He said, vroom. <laughs> God dragged Job. I mean, he dragged him for a good little while. Because he was sitting up there questioning what God, who God was and what God, God was doing while he was getting, get God. Wait a minute, Pastor. No, Job was questioning God and God said, you know what? Since you question me, let me give you the answer to all that you have been wanting to know. <laughs> now, Go back because you need to know some some defined back resources of Job. Go back because this is juicy. But I need to go keep going. The Western winds. Go back. Please go back. Go back because you need to know about the book of Job. You need to know Job. You need to know what God said. Why he was dragged. Why. I mean, this is just juicy. That's why I said you can spend hours in the word of God and knowing that, look, when God speaks, y'all better hold on, get your popcorn, get your seat ready because God ain't playing. And I'm telling you, God is handling Job like he needs to handle us on today. So I'm letting you know. That if this hurts you, this hits you, say ow and keep pushing, all right? Now, the West Winds mentioned is blown away the, excuse me, it blew away plagues of locusts. That was in Exodus. 
the 10th chapter and the 19th verse. Do you understand we were talking about with Moses? And I love how God sat there. I mean, with all of the plagues and everything else, God was being able to get Pharaoh and his heart. He was heart-hearted. And don't you know, because of what happened, that he wouldn't let the children of Israel go. So this is what God did. And I will go to uh, Exodus 10, the 19th verse. But let me go up a little bit. And it says that, let's go to the 16th verse. No, let's go, let's go up to the 15th, because I'm telling you, it's juicy. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened, and they did eat every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse 16, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Come on now. 17 verse. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee, my sin, only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. 18 verse. He went out from Pharaoh and entreat the Lord. 19 verse. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind. Come on now, now. Come on. Let me go back. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. There remained if not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. Listen up though. 20th verse, but the Lord heartened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Y'all. Do you see that, how people are getting to that point where they're turning over to God and some of them are going back to God while some of them are not and they're being turned over to a reprobate mind? Reprobate means that they don't want to repent. They want to stay in their sin. They want to love what they have been doing. They don't care. They have no conscience. Their conscience is waxed, cold. And this is what happened to Pharaoh because of how he has been able to sit there. I am Pharaoh. I am a God. I need to be able to keep these people. And God said, no, you need to let them go. Hmm. No remorse. No nothing. Only lip service. But I'm going to let you read the rest of this in order for you to understand what happens next. And God is trying to tell you. Nine times out of ten, I've learned that as a prophet of God. Nine times out of ten. God is trying to get your attention. And if you haven't learned by now, God gives you prophets at the last resort so you can repent and go back to God and repeat not the sin that you've been doing. 
But as you can see, God established these winds, these mighty winds, to do what he says do. And the most controversial one, and I love this one because I was like, God, you are all-knowing, all-sovereign, all-powerful. There is none like you. None. And I love how God had it so much so that it was so profound that even in Genesis, first chapter, second verse, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God in not Peniel moved upon the face of the waters. Hmm. And also at the same exact time, they say, Ruha, Elohim. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Ruha, Elohim, means the spirit of God. Sometimes referred to as a wind of God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Ruha, Elohim, the spirit of God. Sometimes referred to as the wind, a wind of God or a mighty wind of God. Y'all, hear what God is saying to the church on today. God is asking, God is telling you, God is letting you know it is almost time. Do not let anyone, any demigod, anybody tell you what he is trying to tell you right now. Repent of what you've seen. Me, you, all of us need to repent and go back to God if you have not done so. And do it immediately. And I love how God had this one. And I love how, whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ruha Elohim. It says, Job 28th chapter, the 25th verse. And it says, let's go up to the 24th verse. 23rd verse. God understands the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. 24th verse. He looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth unto whole heaven. 25th verse. To make the weight of the winds. Come on now. Y'all don't hear me though. To make the way of the winds, he weighed the waters by measure. Jesus. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 Pastor. Look, go back over that. God understand the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. 24th verse. He looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth under the whole heaven. Y'all, y'all, thank you, Jesus. 25th verse, to make the weight for the winds. And he weighed the waters by measure. That knows that God was calculated in everything he do and he say. And then at the same exact time, oh my God. That's why you need to know math. <laughs> he weighs. For the winds, he knows the weight and the measure and the counter it. And then he weights the waters by 
the mesh. God knows everything. God will hear me though. He, he has the winds. He weighs them. And then he weighs the waters too by his measure. He knows how much to put over here, over there, in the oceans, in the rivers, in the streams. He, he knows what colors they're going to be, how much depth it needs to be, how much height they need to be, which ones can be able to be placed with each other. He knows all of that and calculate it meticulously. So why is it that you don't think that God can't come and take care of your sorry butt? Tell me. Tell me. See, Julius Caesar, he was sitting up here with all of these demigods and God still gave him warning. But at the same exact time, do you see the foreshadowing that God is doing the same thing for us on today? Whether we serve him or not, he's still warning us before utter destruction. See, some of us want to sit here and then you sit there and you blame God and say, well, God did this. No, you have free will. That means that you can go and serve God or you can go and serve Baal. You can go and serve anybody else but God. You have free will. Now, what you do with that, because of the consequences to your actions, especially since you out here doing not what God says do is deadly and that the wages of sin is death. Do you understand that every time that you sit up here and you get with someone that you have a relationship with that is not your wife or your husband that God ordained them for, then you get into the situation where they're hitting you, they're abusing you, you have all of this chaos running around, and then you have children out of that? Come on now. Come on now. And I sit there and I realize that every time we make a decision, whether good or bad, will lead to consequences that we have to be able to speak on and know that our consequences to our actions is going to reflect of whether we were doing it the way that God wants to do or the way that we wanted to do it. And then at the same exact time, God just put it in front of me. Thank you, Lord. Job, and it's in the 28th chapter, 22nd verse. Destruction and death says, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. Huh? Whoa, 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 hold up. Wait, 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 Pastor. No, no, no. Go back. It says, Job, 28th chapter, the 22nd verse, destruction and death says, we have heard the fame thereof with our own ears. Destruction and death. Because you don't want to do what God says do, because you want to follow Beyonce and all these different God, all these different artists, and some of them gospel too, that are not of God, you want to go and follow them and instead of sitting up there and saying, you know what, let me do what God says do because I know that he knows better than myself because he's trying to keep me away from all of this mess. We are willfully participating in it. And don't you know that's leading us to death? I ain't say that. That's what the word says. 
destruction and death. Lord, help me, Jesus. Says we've heard the fame thereof with our own ears. With our own ears. You heard the destruction and death with your own ears. Just like Julius Caesar. He heard it. He was forewarned about it. And he still didn't sit up there and say, you know what? I should have. I should have. I should have made a different decision. I should have went a different way. I should have went and did what God says do because now I am damnation to myself. Pastor, you talking directly about, no, I'm not just talking about Julius Caesar. I'm talking about every person that is living on this earth, you have made some regrets, some, some things that you didn't want to do anymore. You shouldn't have did some stupid stuff. Me too. You too. But now I know better. Now I know I should not be doing those things. And I am not going to sit there and participate in it when I know it's going to bring me damnation to my soul. If you don't like this, I'm sorry, but this is the way that God has already told it to me. So I'm speaking it to you. Start making sure that you're making life decisions that will cause and create you to speak life and not death. Start making sure that your decisions are of God and God alone. Stop sitting up here and saying, well, I'm going to do this on my own free will. And then you go and you do it. And God said, no, I didn't tell you to do it. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Do y'all understand? Job got dragged. We can get dragged. We can get pacified. We can get hurt. We can get, you know, and you say pacified? Yes, because you're letting the enemy win by staying in the mess you're in. And I love how God's not dead. How one of the characters in God's Not Dead, and there were two characters, and it was the mother that was. And it seemed as though she didn't understand. She was like trapped in her own body because her old Alzheimer's or what have you had set in. And her son was like, you know, how could you sit there and, you know, stay with God and you've been living so good, just paraphrasing. And, you know, he's been, you know, you've been getting all of this and you've been, I mean, you've been having, you know, just mess handed to you. And don't you know, he was like, I, I've been living good. I've been living on the high hog. I, I, I'm, I'm all right. How you know? I'm not even following God's ways. He said, "How hard could this be?" This woman came up out of her state of being and sat there and said to him, and looked directly at him while she's in the wheelchair, and said, "You know what?" paraphrasing she said you know that the enemy because you are living for god will rule your body keep you so much so in trials and tribulations that you know the only thing the way that you can be able to to survive is with god and then at the same exact time you have those individuals that that the enemy doesn't have to worry about because you're already in your own prison. 
and you can go and come as you please with the jail gate is open. But you don't want to leave because you have been so comfortable in your mess. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. And then when she says, it startled him so much is that in a few, that door to the jail cell is going to be locked and you have no place to leave. You have no place to go. Only to what you have already chosen. Y'all don't hear me though. I'm not trying to promote. Oh my God. I'm not trying to promote the movie. But it was so profound. We have so much going on. We want to listen to mom and dad and all this other stuff. But even if that person is not doing what God said, do you not? You have to sit there and say, no, I cannot go that way. I love you. I thank God for you. And even um, C.C. Wine said the same thing. And I love how she she didn't downgrade Whitney Houston. But she knew she couldn't sing the song because that was not conducive to what God was telling her that this is the way that we should be living. And she even iterated, it's not the beat, it's the words. You have to realize that music affects us in so many different ways. We need to understand that how we live, how we move and have our being, our eye gates, our ear gates, our everything that you have access to you is profound and it feeds you and when you're hungry and it nourishes you in the very steps of your soul. Now, do you understand why I say all of these winds of doctrine is not good? You have so many pastors, preachers, prophets, all the apostles, bishops coming out with all this mess that isn't of God. And y'all sit up here listening to it. No, God said, no, I need you to clean house. Clean it. Clean it up. And better yet, God's going to clean it up. Y'all hear me, though. Let me. He said judgment is going to come for the church first. House of the Lord. Go look it up. It's in the word. He's, he's going to, he's going to, judgment is coming to the house of the Lord first. Man, pastor, this is deep. It is deeper than what you think, what you know. Simply put, God is telling you, come out from all this mess and be separated from it. Start doing what God says do because I'm telling you, when you do what God says do, you're going to see people rise and fall. You're going to see celebrities rise and fall because they chose the wrong way. And so many celebrities are coming out and telling you what they did. So many celebrities are coming out and telling you that they did this to, to promote this or to get this wealth or to gain this status or all of this they came out and told you, and people are still not believing them. I don't want to get dragged by God. I hope you don't want to get dragged by God. 
God said he does not want any one of us to perish, but come to the acknowledgement of our sins. That's just paraphrasing. We need to come back to God. We need to repent. We need to do what God says do, because these winds, I'm telling you, they're going to cut you, leave you gaping holes, and leave you on the side. And keep, keep blowing. Keep blowing. Especially if you're not equipped for the weather. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Y'all don't understand if you're not equipped for what God is coming in and telling you in this time and this season, don't you know the enemy is going to have come in and blow just to make sure that you're with God. Let me say that one more time for the people that he will test you. Test you and your family to make sure that your foundation is assured. You better be assured in God on today. You better be assured on God today. You better not sit here and say, wait a minute, hold up. Well, I don't know. No, I ain't. No, it's getting that time. You better know who God is for yourself. You better know what this word says. You need to know what's going on. You need to make sure that this is what God told you to do and say. Because these winds out here, they're blowing. And some of y'all, I know me, all of us is going to have to answer back. Have to answer back. Because the wheat and the tares are coming. We have been growing. And now it's time for God to collect. Amen. Now, if you have not received God into your life, Please go to right now with me, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Heart not your heart on today. Please. Go in and please get on your hands and knees and say, Lord, I need you in my life. Please forgive me of all my sins. Clean me up, Lord. From the crown of my head and sole of my feet, inside and out, so I can make that decision. I can make that choice for life and life abundantly. I don't want to live this life anymore without you. You have become the whole entire reason for me living. And giving me purpose in this life. Please y'all. I'm letting you know. It is not a time for us. To sit here. And be like Caesar. Like Julius Caesar. To know what is right. And not to do it. Then you had 28. Stabbings. From the Senate. Because he didn't want to listen. Not taking heed to what was going on. Do you understand? God gives us examples, parables. I mean, he's given us all these different things. And what it comes down to is that we need to repent. We need to go back and do what God says do. And I mean, from even down from the oldest to youngest one. We need to do what God says do. Amen. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard thus far, please follow and subscribe.
You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and other major platforms, including YouTube now. This show will help us if you leave us five-star rating. That will help us to reach more people. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please find me on Facebook. It is written. My last, my name is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A. Last name, U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is written L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, U-L-L-O-A. And also on YouTube, it is it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. Please go in, listen to what God is saying to the people. We are all hungry. God has prepared the table before us in order for us to eat, to be nourished, to understand that all of these winds, north, south, and east and west, is it from God? Is it what God says for us to do? Is it what God has already ordained for us to do? Is it from the spirit of God? Ruha Elohim. Let me say that one more time. Ruha Elohim, the spirit of God. Or a wind of God or a mighty wind of God. God controls the forces of the wind. And we need to understand that. And knowing that he has given us the Holy Spirit, which is new, Ma, we should be able to combat the enemy and know what God needs for us to know in this time, this season. And also know what is right and what is wrong and what to stand up for. And I'm thankful and grateful once a night for everything that God has done for me in my lifetime. Please. Subscribe to us. Also, making sure that if you have any questions or concerns, once again, find me on Facebook. It is written L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Also, YouTube. It is written by Afrocentric Prophet. Thank you so much for listening to me, all my new listeners. Thank you for the ones that took time out to try me out. I appreciate it. And for the ones that have been my long-term ones, I thank you also. Thank you so much for spending time with me and in God's word and do what God says do, no matter what, because God is the main reason why we're here and why we're living. Kanosamida, Anyong.